Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I was six years old when I saw the dog man of Virgilville. And I will never ever forget it. It was on a cool Thursday night in May of 1995. Mama told me to go to bed, but I wasn't tired yet. I'd snuck my Game Boy under the covers and was playing Mario with the volume off, thinking that I was oh so clever. Mom was probably already in bed, and Dad was working late, so he wouldn't be in to check on me anytime soon. I knew I could play to my heart's content, and I intended to do just that. My fingers moved clumsily over the buttons as I sent Mario to his death over and over again. I wasn't very good at the game, but it didn't matter. I loved it anyway. I didn't look up from the screen until I heard the distant pop of what sounded like fireworks. I remember that I'd peeked out of the covers. There was no flashlight outside my window, and while it was a beautiful night, there wasn't really any occasion to let off fireworks. All the same, I could hear those frantic pops one after the other. Bang, 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 bang. I'd never heard a gun go off before. In the movies and on TV, yes, but never in real life. I never thought it would sound so much like fireworks. I set my Game Boy down to go and look out the window, half hoping to catch a glimpse of the show that I thought was out there. And as I looked out into the darkness, though, I saw nothing. Those fireworks had been very close by. I knew that much. But I couldn't see anyone who would have set them off. My house was in a small suburb that backed into the woods, and my window faced the next-door neighbor's yard. I could see the lights on their house, but nothing else. No one was in the yard. I noticed the door on the back porch was open. No, not open. Shattered. Something had forced its way in, although I didn't quite connect the dots at the time. Then I heard a scream. The terrified cry of a frightened woman that was cut off abruptly. That too was close by, and I could tell exactly where that was coming from. It had come from the neighbor's house. I, I stared at the house trying to understand just what was going on. There was no other sounds, no other screams, just a... A pregnant silence. Outside of my bedroom, I could hear my mom moving around. She must have heard the same thing that I had, and I could hear as she raced downstairs to investigate the commotion for herself. She hadn't even made it to the front door when I saw something emerge from the back of the next-door neighbor's house. It loped through the broken porch door, a scrawny, hairy thing that looked like no animal I'd ever seen before. I could see its pointed ears twitching on its head and its pointed wolfish snout. Its limbs seemed too long. It seemed to limp, as if it was in pain, no doubt from the gunshot wounds that it had suffered. Its head turned to look at me, and I saw two golden eyes shining in the darkness. They looked upwards and into my window, where I stared back at it. Whatever that creature was, it, it looked at me. 
It saw me. For a moment, our eyes remained locked. Time felt as if it stood still, even from a distance. I knew I knew I saw something in its stare or, or in its face, but at the time, I couldn't put my finger on it. It was the creature that broke eye contact. It shook its head and it shuffled away. Without ceremony, it took off into the woods. The darkness amongst the trees quickly swallowed it whole and I lost sight of it. One moment it was there, the next it was gone. So what happened next was a blur. I, I don't have any other clear memories from that night, nor do I remember much about what followed. I'm sure my mom did what she could to shelter me from it. I still found out the details anyway because... Well, that's what happens in small towns. People talk and kids listen. While I may not remember what happened after my mom discovered the corpses of Nicholas and Ashley Burr, it was the talk of the town at the time. And every now and then, some people would whisper about it. Virgeville, British Columbia, was a small town with a population that barely topped 3,000 people. Gruesome murders aren't exactly common here, and so when one happens... You'd better believe that people are going to remember it. According to the rumors, some sort of animal broke into the Burr household that night. Most people claim that it was a bear, but I've heard some people insist it was a puma. Either way, it woke up Nicholas Burr, and he took down his hunting rifle to kill it. He found it in his kitchen and shot it about six times before it attacked him, and it damn near ripped him in half. Ashley Burr was found upstairs. The creature had gone after her next and ripped her pretty little head clean off her shoulders and crushed it into a pulp. It was shortly afterward that it ran off, supposedly the commotion from concerned neighbors investigating the gunshot, and Ashley's final scream spooked it and it retreated off into the woods. Nobody actually got a good look at it. Nobody but me. Over time, I've taken to calling the creature the Dog Man of Virgeville. Of course, Nobody else in town ever actually believed I really saw what I saw. They all took my word as proof that it was a bear, and as I grew up, I learned that it was best not to talk about it. It's easy to forgive a child for claiming he saw something unnatural, but as one ages, that becomes a much less forgivable offense. I never once believed that I'd actually seen a bear that night, though. As I said before, I remember very clearly what I saw, I've seen it in my nightmares for 25 years now, and it sure as hell wasn't a bear. But like I said, I keep that to myself. I'm a grown man now, and I've got other concerns to worry about. I've got rent to pay, a job at the local auto shop to keep, and I've got my mom to take care of. A few months after the Burr incident, my dad's car broke down on the side of the highway while he was on his way home from work one night. He must have been trying to flag down a passing car for help, although the poor bastard, whose attention he got, didn't notice him until after he'd felt the bump of his body beneath his tires. Dad died instantly, and my mom... My mom was never quite the same afterward. Grief leaves scars on a person that never fully heal. I had to learn to step up as the man of the house pretty damn quick after that. I don't believe I've mentioned the dog man of Virgeville to my mom in a long while. She's got enough on her plate without hearing about my little side project. As age creeps up on her, her health has begun to fail even more. I, I haven't felt comfortable leaving her by herself. Sickness has left her unable to work, so I handle the bills. She does some of the cooking, but 
that's really just about it. I, I hate to push her too hard, especially when she's in such a frail state. A few months back, she had her second stroke, and well, it's been a slow recovery process ever since. I do what I can for her, I really do, but no matter how much I want to, I can't fix her. I can't take away the things that are eating her away. And um, bringing up my research into a local cryptid that I, I tied to what I knew had been a traumatic incident to her wouldn't do her any favors. It's best left off the table with her, but just because I don't discuss it doesn't mean I haven't put work in. And I've been aiming to prove it for some time now. Throughout the years, I researched other attacks in the area. Vergeville only had the one, but I found reports of similar incidents in the surrounding towns. There was a few of them in the late 80s and the early 90s. The attacks all played out similarly enough. Some unknown animal, suspected to be a bear or puma, forced entry into a house and butchered the occupants. Tragic as it was, it got chalked up to a simple animal attack, and that was it. You don't often hear of animals forcing entry into a house. I mean, sure, if you look online, you'll find funny videos of bears breaking open cabin doors or poking around looking for food. However, those cabins aren't occupied when it happens. I've seen my fair share of bears. They aren't keen on people and generally avoid them when at all possible. Vergeville is a pretty remote place, but it's still far from too heavily populated for more bears to want to get too close. Sometimes you might hear about them rummaging through trash or poking around people's yards. I'm sure there have been even a few instances where curious bears broke into houses looking for food. Attacks are rare, however, and when they do happen, they generally involve cubs. People don't care about that, though. See, there's an image of the bear as this demon of the forest. A violent monster who loves nothing more than to rip into fresh meat. People assume that just because they have the ability to easily kill a person, then they're inclined to do so. I mean, supposedly, three bears were killed in response to the attacks. One in 88, another in 92, and one in 96. The one that died in 96 was a large female grizzly who had attacked a pair of hikers on the next county over. And since the attack seemed to stop after that, people figured that was the end of it. And they've got to admit, part of me wondered if that really was the case, at least for the longest time. But then the attacks started up again. I saw them on local news stations. The same story as before. Forced entry into a house and the total slaughter of its occupants. I knew it was the same creature, and I could feel it in my bones. I knew this was my one shot at proving what I had seen all those years ago. I had no intention of wasting it. The most recent attack occurred in a town called Weston, a few kilometers north of Virgilville. I heard about it in the paper, and the next day, I figured I might as well head up to investigate. At worst, I'd waste a day in another town. At best, maybe I'd find myself one step closer to understanding just what it was that I saw that night. What I knew going in was that Elsa and Janelle Harris were sisters. Janelle was blind and Elsa took care of her. One night, if something had attacked Elsa while she was in her backyard. Janelle had heard the attack along with the neighbors and had gone to the door to call for her. Instead... She attracted the attention of whatever animal had killed her sister, and it had dragged her off into the woods. People had found most of her body the next day. Most of it. 
The Harris house was in a quiet neighborhood just like my own. I could see the forest behind the house, though. The, the map said that it wasn't a particularly large stretch of woods. It was little more than a ravine with a small creek that separated the house from a nearby park. However, it connected with a larger area of the woods. It made for a perfect little place for man and nature to intersect. The house itself was still sectioned off with police tape. I didn't see anyone to stop me from going inside, but I, I didn't want to push my luck either. I mean, why try it, right? I parked my car across the street and got out. Even if I wasn't going to go inside the house, maybe there were still clues to be found. The houses in that area didn't have fences. Weston was still fairly rural, all things considered. I could get into the backyard easily enough. The vast forest started at the end of the yard and stretched infinitely deep into it. As I walked past the trees, I was quickly swallowed up by the darkness of the canopy. Just what I was expecting to find, I really can't say. I kept my eyes on the dirt in front of me as I circled around to the backyard. Through the trees, I could see the yellow police tape isolating the crime scene that was formerly the Harris's backyard. I didn't go too deep into the woods. It was better not to wander out too deep or else I'd probably have trouble finding my way back. The area around me was oddly quiet. I could hear a distant bird and some trickling water, but not much else. Slowly, I approached the water, a small creek that ran over some smooth rocks. I didn't cross the creek. No need to get that far. But I stayed on the edge of it, and I looked out at the space around me. If the dog man really was the one responsible for this, it would no doubt be long gone. I suppose that, that was a good thing. I had no interest in meeting that thing face to face, as I stood by the creek, my eyes shifted downwards. I'd been half hoping to see something, a footprint, a bit of fur. Hell, even maybe some evidence that Janelle Harris had been dragged that way. I suppose that was my lucky day, then. It was faint and easy to miss, or mistake for something else. What I saw was barely evidence, and yet I saw it all the same. The soil around the creek was wet and muddy. One small segment had grooves in it that indicated something had been dragged that way. A few stones were overturned and had been pulled out of the creek. I paused at the sight of them, but I noticed what was right beside those drag marks. A paw print. There was only one. It had landed in the right place at the right time and sank deep into the drying mud. It wasn't even a complete paw print, just a few canine pads. They looked only slightly larger than my hand, and yet looking at them gave me pause. I, I crouched down by the stream, wide-eyed at the, as I studied the indentations in the mud. This was the closest thing I had gotten to proof since that night 25 years ago, and I immediately took out my phone to grab a picture. You lost, sir? A voice said from behind me as soon as the shutter snapped and I looked back. A man stood a few feet away from me. He was older, somewhat in his fifties, and dressed in flannel. No, I said hastily as I stood up. Sorry, I was, I was looking for some tracks. He studied me for a moment before nodding. You with the police? He asked. Not exactly, I replied. Just doing some research. It's, um, uh, it's something of a hobby. What happened to the Harris girls? It's, re it's really tragic, but it reminded me of some, um, attacks that happened about 25 years back i was i was wondering if maybe there was like a a connection or something 
a connection, the man asked before scoffing. That your car on the street? By the by? The red Corolla? Yeah, that's mine. You must be new in town, then. You living in this area? Excuse me? I saw your car the other day. It was your car, right? I don't think so, I said. I've never been out here before. I'm just... I'm here to look into the killings. The man raised an eyebrow. That's all, huh? Well, my mistake, then. You said you found tracks? I nodded before stepping aside to show them to my new companion. He kept his distance from me as he drew nearer and looked down at the indents in the mud. He studied them for a moment before looking back at me. Well, that's interesting. I don't suppose you heard what the police had said on what happened here, did you? Bear attack, right? I asked. He nodded. They did indeed. You mentioned other attacks in the area 23 years back, didn't you? I remember those. I suppose this does fit the bill. You ever hear of a man named Tyler Fox? The name wasn't familiar. No, sir, I replied. Well, I was barely even your age when those attacks happened last, so my memory isn't great. If I recall, folks chalked that up to a bear as well. Fox had some other ideas, though. Remember, he was working with the police, taking pictures of prints. If I remember, those prints looked a lot like this. If you snapped any pictures, it might be smart to bring them to him. Chances are, he might know something. I looked at the paw print once more before looking back at the man. Tyler Fox, he said. I felt something brimming in my chest. Hope, or elation, perhaps. If there was evidence from the attack 25 years ago, maybe you would tell me more about what had been out there back then. Maybe you would tell me more about what was out there now. Where would I find him, exactly? I asked, and I barely hid the excitement in my voice as I did. The neighbor gave me an address about 15 minutes away and a phone number to call. Tyler Fox picked up on the second ring, and when I told him I'd found some footprints, he seemed pretty eager to meet up. His chosen meeting place was a small diner out on the edge of town, a little greasy spoon the likes of which that you'd probably find just about anywhere, and either serve the worst food in the world or the best, no in between. Fox was a man who was right on the edge of 60 in frazzled gray hair and serious eyes hidden behind big, studious glasses. He was waiting for me when I... With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Arrived and I could see his impatience in the way he anxiously drummed his fingers. Mr. Fox? I asked timidly. His gaze locked onto me so fast I was sure that he was about to attack. Yes, that would be me, he said hastily. You're the one who called about the paw prints, right? Uh, behind the Harris house? Yes, sir. I, I found them just this morning. Well, sit down. Sit. Let me buy you a drink. I assume you got the pictures. Right here, sir. I offered him my phone, and he snatched it out of my hand to study the pictures on the screen. He was silent for a moment, and a waitress happened by to ask us for drink orders. Fox had a beer. I opted for soda. A man I spoke to out of the uh, 
Harris sister's neighborhood mentioned that you'd looked into the attacks a few years back, I said, once the waitress was out of earshot. You had some ideas as to what might have caused them. I did, Fox said, his voice distant. He was barely listening to me. After a moment, he set my phone down and pushed it back towards me. The cops back then were quick to chalk the attack up to a bear. Could be that they were right, although I always thought the tracks looked off. Well, those tracks in the picture, I'm no expert, but I don't... I don't think those were bear tracks. They could be. Two main theories I had uh, heard floating around here were either bears or wolves, and those are the ones responsible for the attacks. Bears have five digits on their paws, just like the tracks you showed me. Size looked just about right. However, if that is a bear, I'd be very surprised. Why's that? The palm of the tracks. They got the right amount of digits, but the palm is too wide, like a man's palm. He raised one hand and curled his fingers inward a little to make a claw, only much bigger. You say you found this out behind the Harris house, right? You swear it. Yeah, yes, yeah, I swear it, I said. Fox huffed. I didn't know if he believed me or not. These looks exactly like the tracks I found a few years back. Exactly. Off the top of my head, I'd say this was the exact same animal. As for what exactly the animal is, well, hell if I know. I take it you're looking into all this, if you're poking around at the Harris house. I hesitated for a moment before nodding. That's right. Well, good luck to you. I dug through that shit all those years ago. I never figured out what was really behind those attacks. If you're digging into this, I can send you some of my old photographs and whatnot. I'm too old to be trudging around the woods these days. But it might be there's something in there that can help you. Please, I said. I could, I could pick them up today if you're offering. Eager, huh? You insist? Can't say I have much better to do. Fox said with a shrug. He took a long sip of his beer. I'll buy you lunch first. Oh, ah, least I can do for the kid who's taking up the torch, right? I appreciate that, Mr. Fox. Yeah, you'd better. He chuckled humorously before taking another sip. What do you suppose it is? I asked. I know you said that you don't know for sure, but I, I don't know. What do you think is out there? Like I said, hell if I know. If I had to guess, subspecies is something. Bear, wolf, I don't know. The words out there are thick and deep. I heard people talk of Sasquatch, monsters, demons, all sorts of strange things. I never fully bought into all of it. I always figured there was a rational explanation. And honestly, that's the best I can come up with. He shrugged. For all I know, it really is Bigfoot out there. Either way, it's killing those people and clearly it's back. The waitress who'd brought us our drinks returned with a friendly smile and a charming greeting of, Have you boys decided what you'd like to eat? Yeah, I'll go with the Salisbury steak, Fox said without even looking at the menu, and the waitress looked expectantly at me. I hadn't had a chance to go through the menu either, and with the way that her eyes lit up with recognition... I didn't get a chance either. Oh, it's you, 
she said, half surprised and half relieved. She said it as if we'd met before, although I was sure that I'd never seen this woman before in my life. You look a lot better today, don't you? Excuse me? <laughs> don't you remember? You were pretty out of it. It was... Oh, what, a few days back? You were on the side of the road. We gave you a ride. I stared at her, unsure of what the hell she was saying, and yet her smile held a sincerity to it that was difficult to argue. You don't remember? Sorry, ma'am. I'm afraid that you have the wrong person, I said quietly. Fox was looking at me expectantly, one eyebrow raised, and I saw a dejected look cross the waitress's face. She was probably wondering if she'd either really got it wrong, or if I was trying to save face and she'd embarrassed me. Oh, well, maybe I do, she said quietly. I'm sorry. It must have been my mistake. Sorry about that. No, no worries, I assured her, and forced an uncomfortable smile. Guess I got one of those faces. I guess you do, she repeated, trailing off slightly before taking a step back. She offered a sheepish smile and then left without even taking my order. Another waitress conveniently came along to take it after I'd had a chance to look over the menu. Fox never asked me about what she'd said. I suppose she took it at face value and opted to stay out of it either way. I was grateful for that much. When I left Weston, I had an old box filled with old photographs of paw prints and mud. Fox had been generous in what he'd given me, and I couldn't get home to pour over it all fast enough. I'd stumbled upon the motherload of dogman evidence. Not enough to truly convince anyone, no. It would take a hell of a lot of proof to even really be enough, but it was enough for me. I faked sick and took the next day off of work just to pour over the photographs and files. Fox had just about everything, including detailed reports of every suspected encounter with whatever creature he thought was behind it. In a 100-kilometer radius of Virgeville, I counted about 12 different supposed attacks from 1990 to 1996, including the Burr family. There were photographs and even one or two plasters of footprints taken from the scene, but not much in regards to eyewitnesses. Nobody had clearly seen what attacked those people. The best information I could find were people describing it as an animal fleeing the scene. It was more information I'd ever had access to, but, but nothing definitive. At least the pictures of the prints were enough for me to compare to the pictures I'd taken. Fox had been right when he'd said that They'd seemed similar. However, looking at them side by side, I couldn't help but feel as if the one I'd found was smaller than the one that Fox had photographed. I suppose it made some sense. After all, after so many years, it probably wasn't the exact same creature, right? This one could be a juvenile, I mean, maybe even the offspring of whatever had begun the attack, which posed a question. What had triggered the attacks this time? Why had they stopped? Why were they starting again? I saw no real answers, nothing to explain why any of this happened, and the question hung uncomfortably over me. It was only a few days later that I heard news of another attack. My digging into what Fox had given me hadn't led me to any shocking new revelations, however. I knew I couldn't turn down the chance to look into another attack, so recently, too. I remember waking up that morning and coming downstairs to see the news on the TV, my mom was watching it intently, dead silent as she did. I remember her eyes fixated me for a moment, studying me more intently than normal. I offered her a comforting smile as I went over to join her. Did you eat yet? I asked. I can make some breakfast if you haven't. 
No, no, I'm fine, she rasped, and looked back at the TV. She didn't comment on what she was watching, but she didn't need to. I could see the recognition in her eyes as the author recounted the same story I'd heard before. Something had entered the house of someone in Virgeville. Had no survivors. Once I was sure that Mom would be okay on her own for a few hours, I headed out to the neighborhood where the attack had happened. I kept my distance, of course, and I parked my car down the street. I could see flashing police sirens and yellow tape blocking the area off. The way I was going to get close to it, and I wasn't quite interested in trying my luck. I could see a few neighbors speaking to the officers and dared to let myself creep closer. Maybe, maybe if I couldn't get in, I could at least ask a few questions. One of the cops looked up at me as I drew near. He had been talking to one of the neighbors, a middle-aged man I'd seen around town a few times. He stared at me as if I was a ghost. I just chalked it up to shock. The morning officer, I said calmly, and as casually as I could. What happened here? Not at liberty to discuss it, the officer said, his tone stern. He looked me up and down, his brow furrowing. I've been asked not to let people linger around the crime scene. Best go home, let us do our work. Of course, of course, sorry, I said, faking a smile. I could see the neighbor that he'd been talking to still staring at me. Brow furrowed and what looked like anger. The man looked at the officer, then back to me. Our eyes met for a moment before he spoke. You, I, I saw you last night. The officer paused and looked over at the man. He drew closer to me. I remember the car. I, I remember you. You're the one I saw heading into that backyard. Excuse me? I asked. Going into these people's backyard? Was this guy crazy? No, no, it was you, the man insisted. He looked at the officer. That's the guy I was talking about. That's the guy I saw going into the backyard. He'd started raising his voice and the commotion had drawn another officer. I took a step back and the man kept shouting. Time seemed to become a blur. Okay, sir. Were you present here last night? I remember the officer asking. No, I said. No, I don't usually go down the street. I was home all night. You can ask my mom. I saw you, asshole. Don't you dare fucking lie, the neighbor spat. I saw your shit car on the street, and I saw you going into that backyard. I saw it, and I've got it on my porch camera. It wasn't me, I cried. I wasn't here last night. I can prove it, asshole. The man was in my face then, eyes locked into mine and screaming. I remember the officer stepping between us, although his posture suggested he was trying to protect the man screaming at me rather than the other way around. In my peripheral vision, I saw two other officers watching me. They seemed too close for comfort. Sir, would you mind coming down to the station? He asked, his voice indicating that I don't have much of a choice. We want to ask you a few questions. My mouth suddenly felt dry. I could feel my pulse racing, but I still forced myself to say yes. I'd been at home all night. There was no way it was me that man had seen last night. Was there? At the station, I watched the footage of my own car parking in the street outside what I now knew to be the home of Leon and Taylor Baker, along with their two sons. I could see myself clearly on the footage, walking into their backyard, not a man who looked like me, me. And I couldn't come up with a single reason why. Why I'd been on that film to the stony-faced detective I'd been in the room with. All I could do was sputter incompetently as he sighed and placed me under arrest. As I was led to a holding cell, I felt like I was in a dream state, ready to wake up any second. What was happening didn't feel like didn't feel like reality anymore. 
I felt like I was drifting through something strange and incomprehensible. As I laid down on the cot they provided me, listening to the drunkards, the next tank over. My heart was still pounding. My blood was racing so loud I could feel it in my ears. I didn't remember falling asleep. I'm not sure if I really did fall asleep. I woke up at home about an hour ago. I don't know how much time I've got. I've seen the news about the police station. Apparently, someone recently escaped one of the holding cells and left eight officers dead in their wake. That someone wasn't named, and yet the way my mom looked at me when I came downstairs said enough. Her lips were sealed tight, and silent tears streamed down her cheeks as I stood at the bottom of the stairs, staring at the TV. I looked over at her, and I watched as she continued to cry. I'm sorry, was all she managed to say. I thought you'd be different from your father. I thought when he died, this would all be over. I know you didn't mean to do any of it. I know that. He didn't either. It's just that work could be so stressful for him, and when the stress came, it came out. I stared quietly at her, watching her bury her head in her hands. My my whole body was trembling. It? I asked her. The wolf in him. It's in you too. He could never control it. God, I'm I'm so sorry. I didn't know how to tell you. I I didn't think you'd believe it was you. I I didn't know what to do. I Her final words were cut off into empty sobs, and I quietly withdrew back up the stairs. I don't know if I fully understood what's been happening to me. I realize now there's gaps in my memory. Things I did that I can't remember, things that I don't think, I don't think I, I want to remember. I can hear the police sirens getting closer. I know I don't have much time, I'll try and go peacefully, but I don't know if whatever is in me, whatever was in control during those hours, I can't remember will go without a fight. I think, I think I'm going to die soon. I don't know. I don't know much anymore, but there is one thing I'm sure of. I think I found the Dogman of Virgeville. And I think... That it's me. Hey there, kids, and happy Halloween. It's me, Mr. Creepypasta, and I wanted to tell you thank you so much for watching tonight's video or listening to tonight's episode, This October Fest, on the podcast. If you're not listening on the podcast, then you always can listen on the podcast at Spotify or just about anywhere you find a podcast. And if you're not listening on YouTube, then you can find it on YouTube or just about anywhere you find a YouTube. If any of you guys are interested in some of the audiobooks or actual books that have horror stories in them that I've worked on, you can always check out that description down below. In there, there's a couple of different links to some horror books and horror audiobooks and new things. Like, hopefully, there'll be a Tales from the Gas Station Volume 3 link down there in the next few days, which I'm referring to right now, because if you look and it's out, it'll be there. 
Also, I wanted to say thank you, all of you who are supporting me on Patreon. That's patreon.com slash MrCreepyPasta. If you ever want to help support the show, keep the lights on, feed my cats and the like, you can always head over to patreon.com slash MrCreepyPasta, and you can support the show there. Even $1 is greatly appreciated. And I have a very special thank you to these guys, such as Jordan Alexander Sanchez, Mr. Thud, Ken Lando Higuchi, Chumpinski, Nico Kayo, Tristan Pelton, Stephen Van Hus, Chance Burnett, Deanna Krauss, G. Weevil 3, The Red Oak Shield Virus, Corey Kenshin, Pothead Holmes, Rival 1, Jimbo the Hutt, Caspian, Jordan Nels, The Village Witch, Hades Nephew, Jordan Wayne Deckart, Bradley Lipe, Anne Charon, Acid System, Mike Bullock, Fooly Cooly Dude, Prozac and Pancake Appreciation, Brian Arse, Cryptic Nightmares, Shadow Morningstar, Brianna Wright, Someone You Love, Said the King 56, Bad Honey, S-Man, Kiri the Sloth, Thomas Burgett, Liam Newman, Sky Harbor, Caleb Dougal, Last Blade Song, Rafael Rodriguez, The Ginger Bros, and Aaron Stormcrow. And another thank you to all you guys who are in the description down below. Thank you guys so much for watching. Thank you all for listening. And I hope you all have a wonderfully happy Halloween. Sweet dreams. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. (gasps) No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.